2020, the sport of Aussie rules gained many fans in the United States. We interviewed two of them, Jameson Mansell of the North Texas Devils and Vermont native Alyssa Zajan. Plus, we wrap up the year in footy on both sides of the Pacific. That's what's coming up on episode 14 of the Marks and Stripes USAFL podcast. G'day everyone, I'm Brian Barish and it's great to have you along once again for another episode of the Marks and Stripes podcast, the official podcast of the United States Australian Football League. This podcast and all of the other ones that we've done throughout 2020 can be heard on the Wooshka app, on Apple iTunes and Google Podcasts and pretty much wherever you find your favorite podcast. Well, uh, once again, it's been a little while since we talked to you last back at the end of the summer, and it's good to uh, be in your ears once again. We hope that your holiday season is going well wherever you're listening to us here in the U.S. or over in Australia or anywhere else in the world. Uh, We found that we had some listeners in Europe, which was pretty great. Um, We've got a lot to get into on the show, and uh, we have two fantastic guests. Uh, As we draw towards the end of 2020, of course, you've heard us uh, mention it and recognize the fact that uh, in this very odd year, uh, one of the great things that's come out of it is increased exposure for the game of Aussie rules here in the U.S. And along the way, a number of brand new fans have been minted, and we will speak to two of them. Our first guest a little bit later on will be Jameson Mansell, who lives in North Texas, and uh, he's 18 years old. He is uh, relatively fresh out of high school, where he was a, a football player, and he is uh, now taken up the sport of Aussie rules in North Texas with the one of the new teams in the league, which we'll get to in a little bit, the North Texas Devils. We'll also be speaking to a native of Burlington, Vermont. Her name is Alyssa Zajan. Uh, she is a science educator who, um, well, you'll hear about her uh, very unique sporting background or lack thereof, and um, you'll hear how she got into Aussie rules and became a Port Adelaide Power superfan. But there's been a lot of happenings in the world of Aussie rules over the last couple of months. Let's delve into that as we go Inside 50. While the Nationals tournament may have been canceled for the first time in 23 years, that didn't stop the USAFL from putting on a carnival of Aussie rules football goodness. The 2020 USAFL Virtual Nationals, an online event, took place on Friday night, October the 16th. It was hosted by yours truly, and I was glad to be joined by a man who, well, he's probably one of the most famous players to ever wear the red, white, and blue of of the Footscray Football Club slash Western Bulldogs in Brad Johnson. Uh, Jono and I had a number of guests on the men's and the women's side, including um, Nick Del Santo from the St. Kilda Saints, uh, Brent Harvey, who, of course, is the world record holder, or at least the AFL record holder in games played at 429. Dermot Brereton was there. Uh, on the women's side, we had Jess Wuchner. Uh, we had um, Abby Holmes, Sarah Perkins, Brooke Lachlan joined us as well. We had a, a multitude of guests, and it was a, a really, really great night uh, to have it. So you can watch the show on usafl.com, and you can also watch it on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash usafl. Also that night, uh, a very special uh, happening, which was the launch of the USAFL Foundation, uh, which was an undertaking uh, by one of the founding members and the founding president of the USAFL, Paul Plugger O'Keefe. Now, the uh, 
the goal of the USAFL Foundation is really to help sustain the game, uh, not only on the field, but mostly off of it uh, through um, uh, financial contributions as well. And you can read all about it uh, on usafl.com slash foundation. There's also a couple of really great videos uh, and and some uh, testimonials, not only from Plugger, but uh, some of the other uh, board members for that initiative and uh, men and women who have been involved uh, with the USAFL practically since its foundation in 1997. So uh, we hope that you we hope that you take a look at that and contribute if you are able to at any level. Now, even though there was no nationals uh, in the, the normal sense, that didn't mean that the uh, that the AGM and the administrators meeting didn't take place, and that happened on October the 10th. The uh, elections for the 2021 USAFL board took place, and the uh, main part of that was that Seb Aguiari will stay on as president uh, for the 2021 season. He took over late in 2017, you'll remember, and uh, he will now serve out his fourth consecutive term. So congratulations to Seb. We hope to have him on as a guest at some point, uh, but he has done a lot of great work, and our congratulations as well to the other board members who won election on October 10th. Now, the two main organizations that are attached to the USAFL are the Umpires Association and the Women's Association, and both saw changes in leadership as well. When the Women's Association, New York Magpies player Jess Taylor took over for Lisa Arredondo, who stepped down after four seasons at the helm. As we mentioned, Taylor is an Australian and she plays for the New York Magpies. Congratulations to her and to the rest of the WA board. As for the Umpires Association, longtime president and their founding president, Jonathan Mills, stepped down after taking over as its first president in 2010. The new head of the USAFL-UA is Lori Roop, a veteran umpire and uh, probably one of the more well-respected uh, officials in the game. Congratulations to Lori. I know that the UA is in wonderful hands with her, and uh, I'm excited to see how that organization grows. Already uh, commitments in terms of working in 2021, depending on what happens with the season as well. So congratulations and best of luck to Jess and Lori as they take over in their new roles. Now, over on the other side of the world in Australia, the AFL men's season came to a very exciting climax and a very unique climax. The grand final played on October 24th, a lot of firsts. It was the first one played outside, not only outside of Melbourne, but outside of Victoria, as the game was held at the GABA in Brisbane. It was the first night game as it started at, uh, I think, 7.30 p.m. was when first bounce was in Brisbane, but that amounted to a 4.30 a.m. start on the East Coast and, uh, uh, well, dead in the middle of the night on the West Coast. But it was the Richmond Tigers who got up over the Geelong Cats and Gary Ablett Jr.'s final game for Geelong before his retirement. Richmond went winning their third grand final in four years. And you have to stop and think that one Mason Cox was the only thing that has stopped Richmond from having a four-peat. Makes you think. The AFL men's season starts up again on March 18th, but the, more importantly, the AFL women's season begins on January 28th, the fifth season of AFLW, and you know that the women will be raring to go after the premature end to their season in 2020. And of course, we'll all be keeping an eye on American Danny Marshall, who will be playing for the Western Bulldogs in this her second season. 
Some unfortunate news to come out of Australia is the AFL's announcement that the International Cup, which was originally scheduled for 2020 and then postponed to 2021, has now been postponed indefinitely. With travel restrictions and with uncertainty over the status of the pandemic still very much up in the air, the AFL thought it prudent to not expose uh, players, coaches, and support staff around the world to whatever will still be happening uh, in 2021. As of now, it is not clear whether the International Cup will be played in 2022 or postponed until its normal cycle in 2023. The USA Revolution and USA Freedom teams, meanwhile, are looking for ways to stay active in 2021, and we will have more information on that once all of that becomes finalized. Finally, back here in the United States, some good news to wrap up the year, and that is the addition of two new teams in the United States-Australian Football League. The Birmingham Bush Rangers were added as the 47th club at the beginning of the month, and just a couple of weeks ago, the North Texas Devils as well were added as the 48th club. The Bush Rangers play in Birmingham, Alabama. They were founded by Joel Dixon, a former punter from the University of Alabama at Birmingham. And the North Texas Devils will represent the greater Dallas-Fort Worth metroplex area. The addition of the Devils means that there are now four USAFL teams in Texas as they join the Dallas Dingoes, Houston Lone Stars, and Austin Crows. And that'll catch you up on the world of Aussie rules football, both here and in Australia, through just about the end of 2020. Now, we just mentioned the North Texas Devils, and the first of our two guests today is a a player on that team. He has been to several trainings since discovering the sport earlier this spring with many other Americans, as we mentioned at the top of the show, and uh, he's been very active on social media. As we said, he is only 18 years old and we're proud to have him as part of the USAFL family. Here is my conversation with Jamison Mansell. As we mentioned at the top of the show, this year of 2020 has been the year of the new American Aussie Rules fan. With Aussie Rules and the AFL being really the only sport for a good section of the year, it has allowed uh, quite a few Americans to get into the game. One of them uh, on the line is uh, Jamison Mansell, who is based in uh, North Texas in the Dallas-Fort Worth general area. And uh, he is a college student at the University of North Texas, and he is a recently started training with one of the brand new teams that also we mentioned at the top of the show in the North Texas Devils. And he is here on the Marks and Stripes podcast with us. Jameson, thanks for joining us. How's it going, mate? Doing all right. about yourself? Uh, you know, it's another day in paradise and we're here and we're, 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 we're uh, talking about Aussie rules in people's ears, which is, which is fantastic. So let's begin with any good story at the beginning. How, to, how did you get into this wondrous, awesome sport of Aussie rules football? Mm-hmm. It's a fun story. I love telling it. Uh, so I was searching YouTube. Actually, I searched AFL uh, originally for the Arena Football League, which is a minor league, uh, minor gridiron league here in the U.S. Um, and what I found was a video of who I now know as Nick Natanui uh, taking a mark off of someone's back. And I clicked on it because I said, that looks like basketball, but on grass and with cleats. I said, how does that work? That looks impossible. Hmm. Um, but I watched the video and I was just amazed at the, at the pure athleticism uh, that a lot of these players exhibited. Uh, and so that led me down a rabbit hole of, of videos 
uh, finding as many as I can. I have to find out more about this sport because, um, you know, it, it just looks first glance. It, it looks like everything I've ever seen and like nothing I've ever seen at the very same time. Um, so, it, you know, it, really, really excited. Uh, and, and that led me down, down more videos. Uh, finally, I, I came across Pat McAfee's interview with Mason Cox. Uh, which, you know, I was very surprised. Wait, there's an American that does this? And uh, coming to find out, he's from Highland Village, Texas, which is five minutes away from my house where I grew up. Hmm. Uh, so, you know, all of that just, just came together to where, uh, you know, at the very right time when round two was starting back up after the COVID break, I decided to record uh, North Melbourne uh, VGWS on my DVR. Very thankful for the DVR at this point because all these games are at crazy times here in the U.S. The DVR uh, is your friend if you're a if you're a footy fan. Absolutely, very much so. Uh, but I recorded that game, and I watched it uh, the next day. I believe that was a, a Sunday morning here in the U.S. And I was hooked after that. You know, watching highlights is one thing. You see just the, you know, the best plays, right? But when you see, you know, these players in the trenches throughout the game. It, you know, you, you kind of attach yourself to each individual player, right? Attach yourself to kind of the, to the narratives unfolding. Uh, and so, you know, there was just, there was no way I was not going to finish that game. Uh, North Melbourne actually pulled out the, uh, the upset, I believe. Uh, but after that, you know, the rest is history. I was hooked. I fell in love. And now you talk about North Melbourne in that first game, but you attached yourself to a different AFL side. That's true. Uh, so soon after watching that game, I, I went on to Twitter and found out that there was actually a pretty large community, even within the, the U.S., um, that was interested in the game that I had just no idea about. Um, but one of the first uh, clubs, or at least groups, right, the fan groups that, that uh, made connections with me was, was that of uh, the Geelong Cats. Um, so there were plenty of people via Twitter that really actually took an interest in me and invested in me becoming a fan of, of the sport in general, but especially their team. Um, you know, you can really see the, the passion and the love that they have for the game. It's, it's an undying love. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm glad they got to me first. <laughs> yeah, it, it, I, it's always almost like a, I hate to say this, but it's almost like a feeding frenzy when all, whenever there's somebody who's <laughs> brand new. It's not even so much, hey, you know, we're, we're great at you in the sport. No, we want you with us. You should be, you should be going for this team. Have, mm-hmm. you, have you ever seen anything like that? Because I know I've never seen anything like that in American sports. Yeah, no, I think, especially, I mean, in the U.S., we have so many sports that I think Really, if, if you've heard of the sport and, and you're not a fan, you know, you're, you're not likely to join on. Right? right. So I think we're all kind of used to these sports we have. We have football, baseball, basketball, hockey, soccer and all that. Uh, soccer, I know, is growing relatively in the U.S. Uh, but, you know, it's kind of business as usual. Whereas, you know, when we discover a, a sport like Azure's football, which I wish we had more of in the U.S., I'm, I'm glad to find the little bit of it that we do have. You know, I think it's just, you know, it energizes us, right? Mm-hmm. It's a really cool experience. Now, what's your sporting background like? Because I know that you were uh, avatar on on Twitter, which is how uh, I think a lot of people know you. Mm-hmm. Um, you're holding an American football. What's what's your <laughs> I, I, and so obviously you're coming from that football background. But what's right. what is what what's what has your sporting experience been like prior to prior to this moment? Mm-hmm. 
as a kid, uh, I played the basic sports that, that people in, especially in North Texas play, which is the soccer, uh, baseball or T-ball, right. As, as a young kid, uh, and then doing kind of karate swimming type stuff. Um, but as I got older in the middle school and especially high school, uh, really gained a love for, for football, American football. That was because of my grandfather who, who played in high school, uh, was a huge Dallas Cowboys fan from the very start in 1960. Uh, so obviously I inherited that. Uh, in, in high school, I actually was given the opportunity to play uh, six-man football in Texas uh, with, with Thesa, who's a homeschool team. But we play all of the, uh, the public school teams out in Texas. Six-man football is unique to uh, schools that have 100 or less kids uh, available. So, you know, it's, it's a very small-town, rural field. Uh, and I think that's another thing that attracted me to the sport a little bit was kind of the grassroots feel. It reminded me very much of my football experience, which mm-hmm. was Texas, right? Uh, three yards in a cloud of dust kind of deal. Um, yeah, so I, I loved six-man football when I played. Uh, I played uh, four years of high school with these. So I was a running back. I ended up being all-state actually in my senior year uh, in my group as a running back. Uh, and that was a blast. But, you know, when that ended – I knew I wasn't going to do it in, in college. It just, it's not my future. Um, so, you know, I think coming across Aussie rules right at that time uh, was, was very timely. Right. Yep. And two things that, that evoke, first of all, earlier you mentioned the arena league and now it makes complete sense because for those of uh, listeners who might be in Australia, um, I know there was actually a push to start a, uh, a small arena league in, in Australia, an arena gridiron in Australia many years ago. But um, yeah, because uh, Aust- uh, arena league is seven V seven. And um, mm. you're talking to somebody who was a regular uh, goer of the Philadelphia soul. So pour one out for the, for the oh, arena yeah. league. Um, and um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that when we're done, but because I've got some great stories of soul desperado games, but uh, <laughs> the other thing you mentioned, and, and I think you'd feel right at home with this is um, the rural and the, the uh, suburban and the, the, uh, the local and country leagues in Australia are very much similar uh, to uh, I think what you would find with high school football in Texas, if be it six man or be it you know, the normal 11 V 11. Mm-hmm. Um, every town has its own team. Every, uh, there's, there is very much a community part. We got the chance to go to uh, Montrose a few years ago, you know, three years ago when we were there for the International Cup. And we were there on the Thursday before the game just for the team announcement. And it was like just about everybody in the town showed up for, <laughs> for dinner. And then everybody came out to the game on Saturday, not only to watch their team, but also to watch the U.S. play. So I think there's more of a link, not only just in the grassroots effort than, than you think. And I think that you'd find I think you'd find that part of the sport awesome. Um, now, you talk about your playing days and whatever. Not long after it, you did get your hands on a football. And I, I remember seeing you and a mate go out and uh, actually come up with your own little game, if I remember <laughs> correctly. Because because at the time, of course, we're in the middle of this of this pandemic and you're trying to get some touches in with another person. Talk, talk about that mm-hmm. experience first. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, with, with the, the way COVID went, especially during, during the American summer, uh, it was really difficult to get a lot of guys out uh, to actually go in and have a kick. So I, I actually uh, ordered a ball uh, coming in from Melbourne. I didn't know they had a, a store play Aussie in what I think is Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but a ball came in from Melbourne, I think in July. Uh, so I got one buddy to come out with me, went to the park and have a kick around. And we decided, you know what? It's really fun kicking, but I really actually want to play the game. And I didn't have an avenue at that time because uh, I think everything was, was 
pretty much shut down. Mm-hmm. Uh, as far as I know, I reached out to a couple, at least one of the USAFL teams in my area at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think everything was shut down. So a buddy and I said, well, why don't we just make up a one-on-one version of the game? <laughs> uh, and, you know, I'm sure to people who are really familiar with the sport, who grew up with it, you know, that probably sounds a little out there. There's like, who are you going to pass to? Uh, but it was the best that we had. Uh, so we made do with it. You know, I'm used to playing with, with less players than everybody's used to, right, with six mid football. So uh, the way we made it work was the player who had just scored bounced the ball in the center. We had two soccer goals at either end because we couldn't find a football field to play at. Mm-hmm. Um, and so the goal is bounce the ball, tip the ball to yourself, uh, and get running. It, we made it uh, tag so that we would get too exhausted. So you have a two-hand, two-hand touch. Uh, once, once you're tagged, you have a free kick. If you miss it, the, the, other, the other player gets to get the ball and do it all over again. Uh, yeah, you kick it through the soccer goal or right above it. It's, uh, it's six. If you hit the outside posts, it's one. That's a that's a that's a very inventive uh, form. <laughs> well, and and you know, I know that um, you know. I'm sure there's a lot of Aussies listening who are thinking about the days when it was just them and a mate out in the park, and it would you know you you just kick the ball back and forth through each other. Uh, they call it kick to kick, really. Um, mm. And um, but but and and part of me is thinking, you know, I don't know if I want. Uh, Gil McLaughlin, who's the CEO of the AFL, to hear this because he was the one that was pushing for for AFLX, which I don't know if you had had, had seen or heard, but uh, that is an actually I think you would almost feel right at home because that was a uh, I think it was a seven aside version of the game that they were trialing with the hope of bringing it overseas, um, wow. but uh, it is it is on hiatus for a multitude of reasons, but but mm-hmm. but. Let me. So you've eventually, you know, as as the summer has gone on, you have gotten involved with the new club uh, there in North Texas, the Devils, and you have had the opportunity to go out and get some. We should stress socially distance uh, uh, training <laughs> and 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 whatnot. But but talk about now. Finally, you're around people who have been around the sport for a long time. Talk about that experience and talk about like actually now learning the skills and being able to put that into practice. Yeah. Uh, so I'm. I'm very into languages. Uh, so, you know, there's, there's the initial part where you, you decide you want to study a certain language and you get a book. Uh, maybe you get like an, an app on your phone uh, and, and you're reading and maybe a little listening a little bit, but you're kind of making it up as you go. Right. Uh, and then you come into a contact, hopefully eventually if you get really serious about the language with a native speaker, right. Someone who's known the language their whole life, knows the ins and outs, uh, the, the special different dialects. And you realize, wow, I didn't know it half as well as I thought I did. That was kind of a similar experience, uh, you know, here when I got involved with the Devils was, you know, I, I thought I had the game pretty much figured out. Then I get out there and actually try to play it with people who know what they're doing. And I realize, man, I'm, I'm behind the eight ball here. Um, but it was a blast. You know, the Devils are a class act organization. I'm excited for them to really get, get up and started. Um, James Henderson is he's officially the president. He's also uh, coaching most of uh, the group. So, you know, it was a blast just actually really getting, you know, instruction from, from people who, who've been around the game their whole life, who really know what they're doing. Um, you know, I realized that, you know, I, I thought I had the kicking motion down. I thought I, I knew how to catch and mark and all that. I realized I was carrying a lot of those skills from American football over. I needed to, to, to tweak those a little bit to fit the actual, the actual game. 
Yeah, that was my question is, is that, you know, you've got, you know, you, you, you've played football for so long growing up, uh, you know, gridiron football, and now you straight to this other sport. What about the, um, what about the skills has been the easiest to pick up and what are, what are you still, uh, what still challenges you in terms of what, what is done out there on the, on the ground? Mm -hmm. So six man football in particular, it's, it's very wide open. Um, So I think, I had a certain amount of speed. I was a running back. So, you know, I'm a little bit bigger. I played a little bit more. Uh, I'm, I'm a very poor man's Derrick Henry. Uh, who plays <laughs> the Titans. I'm nowhere near his, his, his skill level, but that was kind of the style in which I played. Um, kind of, you know, my attempt is to bowl you over because I'm not going to get around you. Uh, but I had, I have some speed um, and I have a nose for the, for the football, right? You know, six men, you play both ways. Uh, so as a running back, I play defense occasionally, kind of as a defensive end. Mm-hmm. Um, so my goal is always, if I don't have the ball, get it. If I have the ball, run with it and score. Mm-hmm. Uh, the problem was I, I was not a kicker uh, or a punter or anything like that. Uh, so I had to re- I had to not just relearn, I had to learn how to kick in, in general because mm-hmm. um, I'd re- never really had that, uh, you know, that, that job uh, elsewhere. So it, it was difficult certainly to learn how to kick and how to kick that ball in particular, because it was so much different or looked so much different than the way I'd seen it on television, at least with uh, uh, America football. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think catching, you know, you have to catch a lot in, in American football, but the, the technique is actually much different with the Aussie rules ball. And I was not expecting it to be. So I, I really thought I had it figured out. And I remember uh, I went up to catch a mark and I caught it with, with my diamond, like how you'd be teaching in football, and I brought it in and cradled it like you do in American football. Mm-hmm. Remember the coach kind of just putting his hand over his head and going, that's, yeah, that's not how we do it. You got to keep running with it. Right. Um, but you know, it, there's a lot of, of, there's some large differences and there's some really small differences, uh, you know, that I'm excited to really, I'm excited to grow. That's yeah. And, and I, I I'll say this is that I had, followed the game for about 13 years before I started playing. And, and, you know, you go and you think, well, I, you know, I should be pretty acquainted to this because I know the game and I followed it and all that other stuff. And then you step out on the field and all that goes away in an instant. So don't, <laughs> don't feel so bad. It, it's, you know, it, it is absolutely true. It, 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 if you are used to playing and we hear about this from, from players, such, folks such as yourself who had played gridiron before and who, again, because, because gridiron is such a, specialized sport um Mm -hmm. you know if you're a running back you know you don't you know maybe you don't catch the ball as much because you're not you're not a receiver receivers don't run as much in the terms of the way a running back does and Mm -hmm. nobody kicks (laughs) except for the kicker (laughs) and the punter um so 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 i think you're in a a lot of respect plus i i I also know and and i know you being in texas with guys like matt mcbriar who've come through the nfl Mm -hmm. um you know there's a lot of guys who are bringing that australian uh, punting style and where where uh, again the ball straight up and down and you and you kick it kick it such as that um what what about the rules because there's you know obviously the rules take some getting adjusted to uh what what have you found what are you still kind of what, what is clicked in terms of that and what are you still kind of working with yeah you know i still i don't quite know exactly what a mark is mm. Uh, like I, I understand that you catch the, the kick, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I and you get you know if it's if it comes off the boot, I think more than fifteen. 
yes shooters, yep. then, then it's a free kick right um what i don't understand because I've, I've seen some highlights from the old days and maybe geelong people are going to get mad at me for for talking about gary abbott seniors mark but that one in particular I'm, i that throws my understanding of a mark way out the window <laughs> mm-hmm. um yeah i don't i don't know what year that was yeah um, it was a long time ago <laughs> you know, i i think for the most part maybe not practically maybe i get out on the pitch for an actual a game as opposed to just a training session um and maybe i just i forget entirely how to how the game works um what what is the what is the rule that's the most that's very controversial right now i can't think of it oh but i good. know that that's just like trying to pick a favorite Beatles song that's just really really <laughs> really difficult well and i and i only say that because and i and i know you've seen this having having gone or gone around on social media is that the rules seemingly change every year um mm-hmm. la- last year prior to last season not not the one that just finished but the year before they had introduced about a half a dozen pretty major rule changes um i think the one you know there's there's uh, the third man up rule in terms of going up there's the deliberate out of bounds which is again kind of the change of the interpretation of it and so there's a, there is a whole bunch of them that i, I think that, that you know there's the game is very different than it was even like 10 or 15 years ago in terms of the amount of rules. So if you're mm-hmm. still figuring out the rules, don't worry about it because I feel like <laughs> a lot of others are as well. I, w- I would say holding the ball. That was what I was trying to think of. I, oh, yeah. I don't know that I have a firm grasp of exactly how holding the ball works because every game I watched, it looked like it was officiated differently. It reminded <laughs> me very much of the, the arguments the NFL fans have had with what is a catch. Right. Especially me as a Cowboys fan, you know, Des Bryant in 2014, actually early 2015 uh, calendar year, playing the Packers, mm-hmm. the Des caught it game. That was, you know, it went from my greatest Cowboys memory ever because I'm, you know, I'm only 18, so mm-hmm. I haven't had a lot of great Cowboys memories to <laughs> nothing. The just I have absolutely to laugh. deflation. I have to laugh because I'm an Eagles fan. Um... Oh man, I, I will tell you what, uh, I've I've only cheered for the Eagles on one occasion. And it was the Super Bowl against the Patriots. I think everybody was I'm going. I think yeah. everybody was an Eagles fan that 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 year. Yeah, everyone. I'm I'm pretty happy for. Them. Let's let's uh, let's wrap this up. We we all, I always like to uh, ask kind of a fun question. Um, you haven't. I know you, you haven't been to Australia yet, uh, and and you're just now learning about the sport. What's been what's the most interesting thing about the Australian culture that you've seen so far? And in inside of football, outside of football, is there anything about Australia that you want to learn more about? Huh. You know, I I'm really impressed. Um, first getting into the the Aussie rule side of it and then you know once Aussie rules ended I've actually watched a little bit of uh, cricket on my own I think I'm very very interested in how close the community is with the game with with, with sports in general with the players so a lot of people I've met uh, via Twitter down living uh, down under uh, I've actually have a bunch of pictures with uh, certain players right you know, they actually have relationships. One of, one of the guys I, I met is actually next door neighbor to uh, a Geelong player. Um, so there, there's just a really, it's a close knit feel. It's a really community feel. And, uh, you know, if that, if that's, if that represents all of Australia or a significant portion of it, you know, I would, I, I'm excited to go down there eventually, you know, uh, I'm really hoping to do study abroad with school sometime. I'm a linguistics major. So I really would love to study uh, some, some of the Aboriginal languages uh, that are, are maybe endangered uh, down under. But 
you know, I'm looking forward to the opportunity to go and actually meet some of these people in person. Yeah, and and I will say that, uh, and you know, not to not to pat ourselves on the back here in terms of the USAFL, but I think that's one of the biggest things about this this particular community, and and mm. really, and in the community even outside our borders, even even outside of Australia, if you you know you talk to a lot of the European teams and whatnot, and and the Asian ones as well, is that if you you have the bug for the sport, your family, and that's and that's what's so great so great about this, and 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 I'm listen, I you are you've been one. Uh, very uh, entertaining uh, uh, watch on on social media just just <laughs> because because we've all had that aha moment and when we when we found it and it's almost like you know it's almost like a religious experience in a sense and and mm-hmm. and and listen to the australians to many aussies especially like in the melbourne area and and, and to some of the other places where the afl is really has is really ingrained in your blood it is very much a religious experience and 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 here you are you're you're uh you're, you're now you're, you're you're one of us mate <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate it no worries at uh, jameson mansell thank you so much for joining us on the marks and stripes podcast good good luck with everything we really appreciate it and good luck uh, with your uh, football career with the devils absolutely thank you it was a blessing no worries and uh, we're going to step aside and come right back when we do we're going to go to the other side of the country we're going to go up to new england and talk to uh, another new american aussie rules fan Alyssa zajan you're listening to the marks and stripes usafl podcast australian rules football in the U.S.? That's right. The United States Australian Football League is in a city near you. Go to USAFL.com. Find your team. Check them out. We're a group full of men and women just like you. Join us for the fun athletic competition. Stay for the camaraderie. We want the champion! Log on and sign up to join your team at USAFL.com. Welcome back to the Marks and Stripes USAFL podcast. We just talked to one brand new fan of Australian rules football, and now we're going to move from sunny Texas, or, well, it's sunny most of the time, uh, to New England and to Burlington, Vermont. Uh, And we're going to be speaking with uh, a young lady who has... uh, also gotten into Aussie rules football through social media and has attached herself to the Port Adelaide Power Football Club. Mm -hmm. Uh, She is an educator, and as we mentioned in the Burlington, Vermont area, her name is Alyssa Zajan, and she joins us on the Marks and Stripes podcast. Alyssa, how's it going? It's going pretty good. Uh, Excited (laughs) to be here. How are you enjoying the off-season so far? Uh, it's been good, but I'm excited now that, you know, more stuff's popping up as we're getting closer to the women's season and then the fixtures just announced. So it's very exciting. Um, getting more footy again. Look at you using the nomenclature of the fixture instead of the schedule. You're, there you, we go. The Aussies would like you. Um, so let's let's start at the beginning of, the, of, the, of your story as we begin with everybody else's story. How on earth did you get into Australian rules football? Yeah. So last I guess March, April, I don't remember. It's it times irrelevant pandemic. Um, I was watching, I was re-watching Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries, which is an Australian murder mystery show set in 1920s in Melbourne. And there was an episode where a footy player was killed and it was like tried to be framed on the other team. But a lot of it, I was just like, what is what is Australian football? I was like, that's not they because they were like they're, at one point you see a ball I was like okay so it's not soccer and I was like what is what is their foot and like 
the whole thing uh miss fisher is a lapsed collingwood fan of course so <laughs> um so that was my first exposure to like and i literally was just like what is this thing and um went on an adventure of looking for it and found a bunch of videos kind of explaining what it was and um the season was about to start back up after the um covid pause so i set some recordings because it was showing on ESPN or Fox Sports, one of the two, and uh, recorded some games and watched them and was like, this is real fun. <laughs> well, well, now I know there's a new show that I'm going to need to check out because I didn't know that that Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries was even a thing. So I'm going to yeah, need to, it's real good. I'm going to need to find that out. That is, you know what, that is one of my favorite roundabout ways to finding out what it is. It goes right up <laughs> there with, um, there was a guy actually based here in Philadelphia who found it through um uh the an old nintendo game from the 1990s that he oh uh, had had just randomly found on a on an emulator and was like what is this and he ended up actually playing for the team in philadelphia so um that goes up there with one of my favorite uh, stories now now that kind of transitions me into this um you have gotten into the sport through this through this tv yeah. show what is your sporting background like <laughs> that's a funny question um I will tell you, I would never in my life have imagined I would be on any sort of sports podcast. Um, I'm not, I was never a huge sports fan. My sister, huge sports fan, baseball fanatic, soccer fanatic. Um, but it was never my thing. I never got into sports. Um, as a kid, I ran cross country um, and I danced. But that was about it. Hmm. And I didn't, I, I mean, I've watched baseball games because um, my family is big. My sister's big into baseball and gone to Yankee games because like, I lived in New York City. Um, but I've never I've never followed a sport before in my life until this one. So I think I, that's why I'm real good at the Australian like nomenclature and like saying a thing because I don't have anything else in my mind. Right. And you're and you're not um, and you're not even other than cross country. You'd never you had never played before. You'd never really played a team sport before. No, other than like gym class when we're forced to. Oh, yes. Uh, the, those those memories of the dodgeball games and all that other stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So what was it then about about this and, and that that kind of crack? Because, again, other than baseball, you know, you, you said that you didn't really follow this. So what was it specifically about this that all of a sudden, I mean, cause you had, and we'll get into how you, how you picked your team, but I, it seemed like a week or so you had already purchased a Port Adelaide jumper. All of a sudden you would just kind of had, had bought completely into the sport. Um, yeah, I think it, watching it, there was just so much, it was, it's very dynamic. It's a very dynamic sport. So there's a lot to be watching and, um, seeing what's going on and I and there's just so much energy to it that I think I I don't know I mean I'm sure people see this in other sports but I just had never thought about and especially I think given my uh the pandemic I couldn't go anywhere and it gave me something to like focus on so I think that's why I fell so fast into footy was it it was something for me to do and something that was new that I could do from my house mm -hmm. um, and explore and experience. And yeah, just the community and the games themselves are just so energy filled. It doesn't feel as stop and go as other sports for me, even though there is stop and go. So I don't know why it feels like that, but. 
Well, there's a difference very much between in in Aussie rules. You know, the stops and goes are part of the game, whereas the 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 breaks in a sport, say like gridiron football, there's there's very much a lot of it is based on TV and a lot of it is artificial. Yeah, that's really true too. And not only that, but you're not shuffling people in and out in the same way. So yeah, it does feel very continuous. And even watching games, if you go back and watch games when the rules I think were a lot more, I guess, implemented a little bit more differently. It was even more fast paced than it is than it is now. But even with all of that, it still feels pretty, you know, pretty, pretty continuous. Um, My, my, so you ended up, uh, so obviously you had the decided to pick up on a team and it happened to be Port Adelaide. Now, how did you, uh, you know, everybody has their own way of picking a club. For a lot of folks here in the U.S., it's attached to the USAFL team that they follow. And, right. you know, and you being in Burlington, there's a team that's sort of in formation, the Vermont Black Diamonds, but they're not affiliated with anybody. So how did you end up backing the power? So I was... I kind of was like looking through a list of things that was like talking about the different teams and I'm a big nerd who <laughs> likes um, science and history and all those things. And so, you know, I was looking, it's like, Oh, who are the oldest teams? And so there was Melbourne, but it wasn't showing on TV in the U S for the first few weeks. Um, and then I think I was also just looking at songs, like anything that I was like, Oh, and like, I, I kind of made a short list of teams that like, kind of piqued my interest and then I watched games of theirs and the first port game I watched was the showdown um port versus Adelaide and uh I fell for port in that moment I think um and it was it's it was their 150th year and so really getting to delve into that history was so so fun and uh nice to see a community there that's it's it's fantastic to hear about how people eventually do it and and, and take no shame in, in using those criteria because yeah I know there's a lot of people that, that have gotten behind a team because of the song or because of the colors or even or because of the history and I, and that's uh you know Port's been around in in one form or another since 1870 like you said this was their yeah. 150th year um and and so now you find what was it like once you did settle on a team and even once you settled on the sport the community that is that kind of came around that you found yourself now interacting with folks around not only you know in Australia but here mm-hmm. not just port fans but also fans of, of the game what was that experience like it was amazing honestly people were so welcoming and um you know willing to talk and share explanations of things that made no sense for an outsider and um, just getting to know people from across, you know, my own country, across the world has been so fun. And, and everyone is just so nice and like, so excited when they find fellow fans of anything. And it's, it's really great, I think. Now you mentioned um, AFLW and of course that's the season starts in about a month or so, which is highly exciting for those of us, especially, you know, footy fans in general, but also those of us who are, you know, excited to see the, uh, you know, the AFLW uh, league grow and grow. Um, Port does not have a team in AFLW. What will you do? What will you do then? (laughs) I know. Um, I'm a big fan of, well, I, I might choose a team. I don't know. Cause I'm also just a big fan of women in sports. I'm a big fan of just women going out there and doing things. Mm -hmm. Um, So I'm very happy to just support literally every team. 
Um, my sister is a casual uh, Western Bulldogs fan. Um, so I guess maybe I, I can side with her uh, for at least the women's season and we can both be Bulldogs. Um, but I don't know. I'm just happy, I think, celebrating all of the teams. Are you, and, and of course, now coming into it, you know, and, and women's sports, especially, you know, here in the States, I think are, are, are growing. And, and how cool is it to come into a sport like that and then look and see? And, and mind you, again, this is the fifth season coming up and yeah. it is still relatively in terms of elite. It is still in its infancy. But what's it like to come up on to a sport like this and then turn around and see, this um, dynamic group of, of, of female athletes yeah. being a part of something that is growing every year. I was honestly like at first stunned a little bit. Like I just, it was something I didn't expect. Um, especially, I mean, coming from America where our gridiron football is just men, mm -hmm. <laughs> just men. Um, and so when I heard about the women's season, I was like, I need to, and I just started looking up videos of um, the AFLW and, and was just like, oh my goodness. Cause it's just such like strong and talented women just like going out there and doing it. It's just so good. <laughs> Wait till you see the, the, the group here in the States that we have, they're exactly, they're exactly the same way. Oh, I'm excited. Um, now, uh, speaking of which, um, yeah. one of the things that you did after you had picked out a team, uh, you, uh, I believe, got your hands on a on a footie. Yes, I do have one. I do. How's that going? Um, <laughs> coming from zero sporting background, uh, I think it's going as good as it could. <laughs> um, I've taken it out, you know, a number of times. I went out with my sister, who's a, was a soccer goalie, so we worked on my um, punting it. Uh, so I'm getting better at that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun and it's, it's nice to, you know, play a little bit differently, head to the park. I got to tell, I got to tell somebody what uh, footy was because they had no idea what I was doing when I was hitting the ball back and forth. Um, and so it's, it's fun. It's a, it's a good conversation starter, I think. And people are like, oh my gosh, what is this thing? Mm -hmm. oh, I get, get some mistakes for rugby. Oh yeah. That too. Uh, listen, if I, if, if I had enough, if I had a nickel for every time somebody had, had compared it to rugby, I probably would have enough to uh, at least buy a fancy lunch or two. Yeah. Um, no, it, it's, it, it's something that you'll get all the time, but uh, no, that's, that's fantastic. I was going to say, I, I, um, I remember when I got mine, my first footy and I was kicking around in the park in West Philly and somebody would come over and try to throw it like a, you know, cause it does have laces on it. They would try yeah, and throw a spiral. Exactly. Um, so, uh, yeah. And, and so my question is, and I, I mentioned, you know, Burlington there, they had a, there is a group of, of folks there mm -hmm. who I know are trying to put a team together. Is there any interest once we do get back into, I guess, some sense of normalcy, uh, is there any interest to maybe go out and try playing? I know, you know, as you mentioned, you did used to live in New York. You're not terrible. You know, you're not, you're a few hours from New York. You're a few mm -hmm. hours from Boston. Um, is there any interest in maybe giving the sport a go as a player? I think so. I don't know how good I will be, um, but I, I would be very interested um, in giving it a try. I, I think it's always fun to do new things and, you know, get out and get moving and 
meet new people. It's a great way. So I, I'm excited. I would, I would love to, to give it a try. Yeah. And, and, um, you'd be very supportive, uh, hands, I think, because, uh, you know, one of the, one of my, as, as somebody who's, uh, you know, been around the sport, you know, almost 25 years now. And, and, and I know a lot of Aussies who've been around their entire lives. I think whenever, when somebody kind of gets it and gets involved in it and, and, you know, steps over that, that line and takes the ground, it's, it's such a great feeling. And, and so hopefully you get the chance to do that. Um, my now I want to transition as well. I want to talk about your background and how that relates to your interest in footy. Um, you are a you are an educator. You are especially I know your your background is in science. Talk a little yeah. bit about about that uh, as well, and then I'll ask that que- a question about how that relates to footy. Yeah. Okay. So um, I went to college. I have a degree in astrophysics. Um, by the by, but by the end of that, I decided I did not want to do astrophysics anymore. I was like tired of academics, I think is what it ended up. So I went and I worked in a living history museum and it made me realize, A, I love museums. And I was like, this is amazing. I I love just talking to people and teaching them things. And I kept talking about science too. And I was like, maybe I do actually like science. (laughs) I just, I'm just the academic world was not for me. so I've ended up now, I just graduated with a master's in museum studies, um, focused on science. And so I'm a, my specialty is museum education and talking about science, talking about history, mangling the two together. Hmm. <laughs> uh, I just love to teach people things. I love to talk to people about things. I love to learn new things. Cause when you have to tell people about it, you gotta learn it first. And it's so fun to just like learn something new. Well, and that brings me to, to what I was going to say is that is that you, you like myself, and we were talking about this a little bit before before I hit the record button. But um, I consider myself a student of the game, and as and and you know, footy has such a long and illustrious history, and and it's something that even predates predates the sports. Yeah. So, what has been the most interesting part about? Because uh, I know I know you've del- delved into it, and being an educator, I think you know to 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 love to teach you you first must be able to love to learn so exactly what about the history of the game has really kind of captivated you the most mm, that's a good question i don't know if i've thought of an answer for that every once um, in a while i come up with one of those <laughs> there you go um i think again it comes down to like the communities and so looking at history of clubs is not just looking at the history of the team it's really looking at the history of um its supporters and its members and seeing you know what that can do it's it's amazing and i don't know if you see that necessarily in other um spaces when you look at the history of things i think the closest thing would probably be soccer Um, yeah i was gonna say in england with soccer teams yeah, and and you know you look at uh, a lot of the clubs in in the AFL, you know, in, in it's uh, you know in the v, the VFL AFL era, and even if you even look at the a lot of the regional clubs, uh, there is different uh, backgrounds. There's different socioeconomic backgrounds. There's yeah. different and in some cases it's different religious backgrounds, um, you know, uh, and so there is very much and and. And now it's very much in terms of how the, the, the fan bases are. And so, yeah, it, it's, there's a lot more to it than just, uh, than just somebody from the other, from the other side of the world, latching onto a team. There's a lot of deep 
roots within the the different communities there. Yeah. Um, but uh, is there anything about about the game that you want to learn more about from that from that aspect? Hmm. I don't know. It's hard to like not know what you don't know. Right. Um, and I feel like there's just so much I don't know, and I just don't know what it is that I don't know. Well, is there anything about the game that you've picked up? like really easily is, is there something about either either as a fan or as as uh, i guess from a from a game standpoint is there anything that you that you've been like wow this is this is this really kind of strikes a chord with me um you know i know outside of the community aspect but about the game and the history um oh my gosh i'm trying to think uh, <laughs> i i don't I, i'm my brain likes rules and structure um, so I think it's really interesting seeing, especially, um, there's been so much of debate of rules and how they're being taken. Um, so I found it very interesting kind of reading what the rules are and then reading about how they've kind of changed being like adjudicated, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and interpreted. And interpreted. That's the word I wanted. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, cause I, I don't know. I my brain likes rules and so it's very interesting to like see I've just found it fascinating to see the written rules versus how they're interpreted versus how they've changed over time it's so interesting and we were just talking about uh, with with Jameson just previously about uh, you know how the rules have, have changed a lot and how you know if you feel like you you're still kind of getting a grasp on the rules well so are the people who have followed the game for so long just because <laughs> yeah, of the way exactly. the rules are changing but 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 such as it is um we're gonna wrap up here and i, and I always like to ask one fun question uh at the end well okay. we're gonna we're gonna make it two because um who is first of all who is your favorite player i need to Zach know this. butters yes down <laughs> The, the president president of the Zach Butters fan club here, or, or yeah. at least one of them anyway. Um, Certainly up there, I think. Do you have an AFLW player yet? I don't. I don't. Well, well, you will have time to get one of them. And I, and especially if you end up backing the Bulldogs for the AFLW season, of course, Danny Marshall, the only American in the league right uh, yes. now plays for them. So, um, but we'll, we'll get back to you on that one. But so my yeah, come back to me once the season starts. The, the one question I did want to ask is, so you've had the opportunity now, and I, and I think we were talking about Mrs. Fisher, Miss Fisher's murder mysteries earlier. Yeah. Is there anything now that you've you know, been following the game for a little bit and, and the game is very much a quintessential Australian cultural icon. And is there anything about Australia now that, you know, you want to learn more about in terms of the culture? Mm. I actually through um, Port has a big um, uh, indigenous players program as well and so actually and like with the indigenous round learning a lot more about the communities and you know the native countries that you know I didn't learn I learned about Australia in school I didn't learn about the people who were there first Mm -hmm. and so it's 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 kind of opened my eyes to all of the different um, cultures that are there and I find that really interesting and I think that's um, I, I think something that a lot of Americans don't quite realize is is how much the indigenous culture and, and the preservation of it, especially 
in recent years when they've when things have changed in terms of you know how they're viewing and how yeah. you know they're they're the history of that and now how there there is a lot more respect going through i i was taken uh when i very first got there the the uh, international cup uh when they had the opening ceremony and they had the welcome to country and we saw yeah. a lot of that online and i i think um and especially with the viewing of uh the the australian dream as well uh the mm -hmm. the the documentary i think a lot of people are are like you are are starting to learn more and more about the australian indigenous community and 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 also you know with that link to to football as well yeah definitely well that is i mean that's that's a great answer and that, hopefully you get a chance no hopefully you do get the chance to get over to, to australia i highly recommend oh, it i would it. love it i would love to we'll we'll we'll, we'll see out at a game at the, at the adelaide overall uh Alyssa, thank yeah. you so much for joining us here on the marks and stripes podcast good luck with your footy journey i hope uh, we see you out at a game next year and uh good luck uh, with everything else thank you so much thanks for having me As we wrap up this episode, and as we wrap up this year of 2020, um, I wanted to take a minute and, and reflect on on a, a couple of things. You know, we're going to remember this year for all of the bad things that that happened, uh, especially all of that that has surrounded this pandemic, which uh, has completely upended our lives in many ways, and I'm sure it has affected everybody profoundly in different ways, whether it be uh, by getting the sickness itself, uh, knowing somebody who had uh, perhaps contracted the virus and has gotten very sick and has recovered or in, or in some unfortunate cases have not. Um, many of us have forced to dig deep in our reserves in terms of our, our mental capacity or our, our physical and emotional capacity as well. Um, but I am of the belief, and I always have been of the belief, that every negative thing, actually everything in general, whether it be good, bad, or ugly, always seems to manifest itself in a good way down the track. Um, this has probably shown us that we as people are resilient. Uh, it also shows us uh, to take stock of the good people in our community. Uh, and I think we've really seen that, especially in the United States Australian Football League community. We've talked about on this podcast and we've talked about on our social media channels about the men and women who are on the front lines of this of this illness. And these are the men and women who are among the first uh, of getting the vaccines. And um, for that, uh, I, I know that you listening and everybody else, not just here in the U.S., but in Australia, really share our gratitude for the sacrifices and for the hard work that they have in keeping us safe. And it's not just doctors and nurses and, and, and first responders, but also uh, the people who work in essential businesses uh, across the country and around the world. But more so, it has also brought us together as a community. And in our little corner of the world, in the USAFL community and in the footy community, uh, the two uh, youngsters, the two young men and women who we just uh, spoke to uh, are really a part of that because for those of us who have ha always had the community, we have found solace in the community. And for those of us who didn't know about the community, well, now you know about it and you know about it because of the way that the world shifted. And sometimes when things shift, they shift out of place and other things shift in it. And 
I think if we take nothing else from the year of 2020, we take it from that. There's been a lot of good this year, uh, besides the fact that this game is more popular in the United States, albeit not to the degree that one would like it. It still is more popular and more well-known. But also think of how many teams have been added. We added, mentioned the two, but we also mentioned Centennial and the other clubs at the end of the 2019 season. And oh yes, there's an American woman playing professionally in Australia. How cool is that? Um, we don't know what 2021 is going to bring. I certainly don't. And our best hope is that uh, we will have a full season in 2021. Uh, and not just the national championships, which, by the way, will be back in Ontario, California. We just don't know when. But whatever happens in 2021, the year of 2020 has definitely taught us to be thankful for what we have and to always look on the bright side of any rainy cloud. And I hope that uh, you will do the same, especially as we end the year. I hope that this uh, holiday season and the new year find you well and happy and healthy. And I hope that uh, you are still looking for sunny, so sunny skies as we move forward into this fresh page of calendar days and hopefully better times ahead. With that said, I want to thank the USAFL board for their support uh, over the last year in getting this podcast started, to Sonia Lavelle for her help, as well as to Donnie Hess, and to all of the other countless others who have helped out with the USAFL uh, media side through this year. As we head out, a reminder that if you want to stay up to date with all of the happenings in the United States Australian Football League, you can check out our website, usafl.com, and follow us on social media, on Facebook at facebook.com slash usafl, on Twitter and Instagram at usafl1997. And of course, you can follow me on Twitter at barishusafl. That's B-A-R-R-I-S-H, USAFL. I thanks also to Jameson Mansell and to Alyssa Zajan for joining us on this episode and, of course, to you for keeping us company for the last 61 minutes. We will have another episode soon. Until then, my name is Brian Barish. Be safe, be healthy, and I'll talk at you next time.